I think the ladies, um, I think they go up uh, this time every year just so, I don't really think they want to get away. They just want us to know how woefully underqualified we men are. And uh, you'll notice that they do this right before Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, May 13th, uh, Mother's Day, uh, we're going to be doing uh, something a little bit different. We've announced it a couple times, just, just to kind of heads up. As we talk about church growth and outreach and a lot of the things we've been doing, we're, we're kind of looking in, and, um, and guys put it out there for next couple of uh, next couple of months um, to, to think about things that we want to do uh, in terms of outreach um, and in kind of in concert with that we're going to be dividing up the, the classes the Sunday morning classes uh, the adult classes into men's and women's looking at the different roles and the different ways that, that we impact and looking for the feedback from um, from the different groups as to how to best go about that as we Look at um, setting goals for the for the near future. And speaking of setting goals, um, you ever set goals? I mean, not just vague ones. Ever, there's a you know, okay, if you want, you set your long term goal, and you um, you then back up and you say, okay, this is where I want to be. At this point, okay, how am I going to get there? And this is the way you set goals, right? This is at least what I was taught. You, you set your goals and you say, okay, every step of the way, uh, here's where I want to be. If I want to be here in 20 years, here's where I need to be in 10 years. Well, if I'm going to be there in 10 years, I'm going to need to be here in five years. And, and it works with finances. It works with whatever your goals are. And um, I did this with, uh, I was going to do it here, but whenever you do group participation, it's always a chance that it's not going to work quite the way you want it to work. I did this um, with a youth group, and it worked really good with the youth group because, you know, people just barely in college and people just, you know, in high school age are really not good at setting goals, right? So I did this with them, and I wanted to teach a lesson. And um, so I, I set some goals. So I, so I said, that, so where do you want to be, you know, 10 years from now. So they all, well, you know, we want to be finished with college and uh, I hope to have a good job and things like that, right? Okay, so, so that's good. And so I said, well, well, 10 years after that, some of them had specific, they, they, they wanted to be, think, uh, I had uh, one guy, he said, well, 10 years from now, he hoped to be, uh, you know, not just graduated, he hoped to have a good translating job. It's my translator, obviously. And, and uh, 20 years from that point, he wanted to be the ambassador to the United States from, uh, from Ukraine. He's not. This is almost 20 years ago. He, he is getting married this year, so not quite to his goal. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he had some specific goals. Well, I said, well, okay, well, 10 years after that, where do you want to be? And I kept on doing that. Well, 10 years after that, where do you want to be? And there's a reason I, I say this. We're going to... Uh, Turn to Psalms 49. And I'm going to come back to that illustration in just a second. Psalms chapter 49. He says, Hear this, all people. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb, and I will disclose my dark sayings on the harp. 
Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity at my heels surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in their multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give a ransom for him, for the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. For he sees wise men die, and likewise the fools and the senseless person perish, and they leave their wealth to others. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling places to all generations, they call their lands after their own names, and nevertheless man in honor doesn't remain. He's like all the beasts that perish. This is the way of those who are foolish, and all of their posterity who approves their sayings. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death eats them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall be consumed from the grave far from where they lived. And God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, and he shall receive me. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he will take nothing with him. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself. O men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. A man who is in honor, oh, yet he does not understand. He is like the beasts that perish. I like this saying in here. I will disclose my dark saying on the harp. I grew up in the 80s. I can imagine this conversation. Probably not. You know, Slash, you know what would make that song sound really dark? No, Axel. If we played it on a harp. Now that was lost to most of you. I can, I can imagine Guns N' Roses thinking, what would really make this really sound really dark music if we put it on a harp? I will disclose my dark sayings on a harp. I like this. This is kind of funny. In 1973, Yogi Berra uttered the words, It ain't over till it's over which sounds kind of obvious. A few years later, uh, someone announced uh, that it wasn't over till the fat lady sung. And there's a lot of phrases. We have a lot of phrases to, to illustrate kind of uh, that concept. We have a lot of cliches. You can't listen to any sports without hearing a ton of cliches. We're going to be looking at some cliches about the end that's what this psalm was, this, this 49, this, this dark psalm, which needed a harp, was about the end and what comes after the end. So let's explore a couple of cliches you've heard. You've heard it said, at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, in verse 10 and 11, at the end of the day, he sees the wise men die, the fool and the senseless person perish. They leave their wealth to others, and their inner thought is that their houses will last forever, their dwelling places to all generations. They, all, they, all, they call their lands after 
their own name. See, at the end of the day, there's an end to your day. No one ever expects to die. It was funny. The reason I went through the goal-setting illustration with them, I, I, I had a, a different purpose to that little lesson I did with the youth group. It had nothing to do with goal-setting. It wasn't what I wanted to teach them. At some point, as we went through the, the goals and what they expected after this 10 years and after that, I said, you're now 110 years old. They're like, what? I said, I, I've done this like nine times. They all expected to be setting goals 10 years into the future and 10 years after that. I said, you're now 110 years old. None of you ever expects to die. None of you said, well, I'll probably die after that. I could have kept going until they were 200. No one expects to die. Man, what he said, their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. I am not going to die. My mother called me up, kind of hysterical, um, about three weeks ago. My grandmother's permanently in the hospital. That's where she lives. And uh, she had had an episode. And she's had these before, and my mother didn't expect her to make it through this one. I am fortunate to have both of my maternal grandparents in the 90s. That's unheard of. And, I mean, my, my grandfather's still fairly healthy. And I, I understand it's emotional, but, but there was this, I, almost like, what do I say? My mother was asking for you know, almost like advice. I said, oh, I don't know what to say. There's going to be an end. There's going to be a day we wake up and grandma and grandpa aren't there. That happens to everybody. It's not nice, but it's a thought that we, we, we need to take it. People don't, the inner thought is that their houses last forever. There comes a day where you can't pray for them to be healed. It doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. I'm no exception. The cycle of life is around us. And it is. It's, it, it goes in waves. If you, there's people I barely remember in my family. I, I, I have one memory of my great <coughs> Grandma Brown. I have a Grandma Brown, a Grandma White, and a Grandma Green. Very colorful family. <laughs> I never met my great great Grandma White. That was my mother's great grandmother. I met. I barely remember visiting my Grandma Brown. And it's a a little wave of, of that generation. They, they kind of died, and I kind of remember them a little bit. And then it's like a little pause, right? And then, then it goes to the next generation, and you notice people in that generation, there's fewer and fewer of them, and then it's kind of like a little lull, and then it starts happening. And as we age, it's like the people that go through that are closer to my age. We don't like that. But we always act like we're immune. It will always be the other people. Their houses will last 
forever. My grandfather sold his house actually to a guy in the church before. Uh, I mean, it was actually after my mother was a Christian, but it wasn't through that connection. It's kind of a weird way that all worked. It was like we kind of connected in a bunch of different ways to the to that church. But so when I go to that house, I that's one of the houses I can barely remember my grandpa being. I remember him at a different house, but. But I can remember that house, and I can remember the big tree by the little pond, and the big willow tree in the backyard. And, and John, he's a, the preacher in, in the, or one of the preachers in the church where I grew up. He made some changes. It's his house. Things aren't like they were when I. And my mother hates to go to that house. She likes the people. She just hates. That's her house. She grew up there. She can't stand being there. They've made an addition. That's different. They've done something different with the kitchen and the bedrooms. Oh, her bedrooms. She can't even think of going in there. That's not my house. Your house doesn't remain forever. Different people get it and they do something different with it. It doesn't remain. At the end of the day, there's an end to the day. Here's another cliche you've heard. We talk about the final analysis. Right. Well, in the final analysis, well, in final analysis, there will be a final analysis. Verse 16 through 20, he says, Don't be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased, when he dies and he carries nothing away. His glory will not go with him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself. And men will praise you when you do good for yourself. He will go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see the light. A man who is in honor but doesn't understand is like animals that perish. Kind of interesting. It says, don't be afraid when other people come, become rich. Why would you be, become afraid when other become rich? I, I thought about that phrase quite a bit. Why would I be afraid? I don't think it has to do with, well, when other people get afraid, they're going to do stuff to you. I don't think that's what it's talking about. Our kids, we, uh, there are certain things where, I mean, the parenting is parenting, but there are certain things where you only get if you have more than one kid. Right? People who only have one kid, there's, there's, there's challenges there, but there's things that you don't get. Right? You don't have to deal with, I had it first. Right? There's, just, there's just some things like that. And... Uh, there's only two times a kid wants to play with something. It's when it's being thrown out or when somebody else has it. <laughs> right? And we deal with, on a regular basis, fear. Or what appears to be fear over highly illogical stuff. Like, how many cookies somebody got? Yeah, pop tarts. I have to make things and think out ahead of time multiples of four. There's, I mean, aside from whatever Katie and I are going to have, we don't care. But the rest of it, there has to be multiples of four, and I have to do this. I made a mistake. We made we, we did homemade pop tarts. That was fun. And uh, we had one left over. It was, you know, whatever it was, the math turned out there was one left over. Oh, no, no. I have to cut that in four pieces. 
There was a cupcake. I remember this. There's a cupcake and the one cupcake left over. So someone got it. And the rest of them, ah! <laughs> so I have a thing I, I always say, and then like, dad. I always say the same thing. When you're college, you can make up. I'll, I'll allow you. Once you go to college, you can make up the extra cupcakes. Alright? I'll count them up. And you can make those up when you go to college. Promise. You won't get it. But there's this fear that, that I'm not going to get everything that they got. That's the fear he's talking about. Don't be afraid when they get stuff. I'm going to miss out on something. I'm not going to get something that that person got. Don't be afraid when someone becomes rich. What about me? I'm not rich. Someday you'll get some extra cupcakes. Don't worry about it. They look like they're enjoying life, don't they? They look like they're enjoying it more than me. But they're not. I know this. Because I see what they spend their money on. I see the things they have to do to make themselves feel like they're enjoying their money that they have that I don't. First class. First class. That looks like, ooh, behind the curtain. What's up there? They're paying $1,000 to rent a footrest for three hours. A $1,000 footrest. But that magical curtain separates because I have more money. So, why am I jealous of that? Yachts and planes and oh. Plastic surgery. So they can feel young. So they can try to avoid the final analysis. And when it comes down to it, they are really the ones who are afraid. See. They're the ones who have learned that all the things that they thought, oh, men will praise you when you do well for yourself, he says. Men will get excited. People will get excited about how much you got when you do well for yourself. But when it comes down to it, the people who have set that as their 10, 20, 30 year goal, when they get there, they realize that they haven't got much. They really didn't get it. There's something that they thought that was going to do that it, it didn't do. And so they chase all these things. Well, well, maybe first class will make me feel like I've achieved. Or, or maybe gold-plated cell phone covers will make, yeah, diamond-studded this and that. Maybe that will make me feel like I've achieved. But he too shall go to the generation of his fathers. Don't be afraid. This is another cliche. After all is said and done. After all is said and done, it's said and it's done. 
That's what happens after it's said and done. It's done. There's some good news in here. After it's said and done. Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is costly and it will cease forever so that he should continue to live in the pit or so he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. You can't ransom. All the wealth that people look for to, to get themselves out of their problem. Listen. One teacher said to me, money doesn't make the world go around, but it sure greases the wheels. Yeah, that's true. Money can get you out of some problems. It can get you out of tight spots. It can get you good medical coverage. It can get you good legal fees and stuff if that's what you need. But it is, as it says here, completely useless spiritually. Sometimes, in fact, it is the cause of these problems. Or at least a significant cause. See, because when, when wealth doesn't affect people positively as they thought it would, then they're like, well, maybe, maybe I have to do something really extreme with this money to, to really feel good. And so they, they start searching for all sorts of recreational things to do with their money. There is an incredible statistic, and I, I can't remember it exactly, it just kind of popped into my head just now, but the statistic of people who've won the lottery and what, where they're at within a year or two after, they're either broke, in jail, or dead, like a significant portion of them. And I forget the number, but there is a number, and it's outrageous. Because there's something out there. I can do this now. Ah, this is exciting now. And it causes so many spiritual problems. But the problem is that it can't ransom you spiritually. All those goals, all the things that we would set 10, 20, 30 years from now, that has no bearing on spirituality and it can't affect you. You can't ransom yourself with money. You see, people who have lived their lives based on money know how to throw money at a situation. Because that's what they're used to doing. I throw money at it. Got this problem. Fix it. Throw money at it. That works for a lot of stuff. And then their kids get in trouble. And you can't throw money at that. 
You can't ransom your brother with money. Marriage problems creep in. Can't throw money at that. Go through the list of problems and you can't throw money at it. And they're helpless. Because that's how they know to deal with problems. You can't ransom. Then here's the answer, verse 8. Why? Because the redemption of the souls is expensive. Let me rephrase that. Because your souls are priceless. How do you purchase a priceless item? By definition, it's impossible. You can't redeem the soul. Except by one means. If you are going to redeem a soul, you have to have access to unlimited wealth. Is that logical? Who has unlimited wealth? Bill Gates doesn't. Bezos doesn't. There's a limit on it. I know because they have a number. It changes. But there's a number. So if you wish to ransom your soul, you're going to need somebody with unlimited wealth. There are things that money can't buy you. After all, it's said and done. When it's all said and done, there's only one way to avoid that destiny that he lists in here. There's only one way to get past that final analysis. Where are you at? Where's the analysis? What does it speak of you today? Where are those goals at? Set goals, that's fine. But, in those goals, in that list of things that you want to be said about you in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that you want to have achieved in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, will they be helping you out in 80 years? When there's no more goal setting going on. Will those things be able to help you then? Make the goals, that's fine. But make sure that we have some goals set for the end of the day. We're going to close some songs.